0: First John chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1, and it reads like this, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, saying, Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us, because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself, just as he is pure. Whoever commits sin also commits lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. And you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him there is no sin. Whoever abides in him does not sin. Whoever sins has neither seen him nor known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. He who practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. I'm going to read verse 8 again. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whoever has been born of God does not sin, for his seed remains in him, and he cannot sin because he has been born of God. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest, Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his what? For this is the message that you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers righteous. Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. Don't be surprised. Verse 14, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that a, that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. Verse 16, by this we know love because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our hearts condemn us, condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing to him, excuse me, pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment father we thank you for your word thank you my god it's not complex it's not difficult to understand it is plain spoken easy understood we pray father god for those under the sound of my voice that you would anoint their ears this morning That they might not just hear a man, but that they might hear the Spirit of God and what you are saying. That this may be targeted, Father God, to that thing that they need this morning. Not just want, but need. Because, Father, we all have a need, and that need is of you. You put eternity in our hearts. That's why riches don't satisfy us. That's why objects don't satisfy us. Tangible things don't satisfy us, because you put eternity in our hearts you made, hallelujah, us to only be satisfied with your presence. Speak to us, minister to our lives. Let it be a message, Lord God, that is received with all practicality, something that we can apply to our lives, that we might grab for it, Lord God, and that it might, Father God, be be, be sown into our hearts so that it may continue to make a change and an impact in our daily lives, in our daily walk. Hallelujah. Because, Father God, this is the truth of your word. Hallelujah. We are not here to twist your arm to make the message convenient for our lives. We're not here to be conformed to the way that we want things. We've come to hear what you want to say because you are Father. You are protector and provider. Hallelujah. You are patter You are the protector and provider, and we thank you for that, Lord God. And with your love also comes discipline. So, hallelujah, allow us to grow in the discipline of the things of God. Let us not dismiss and cast it off like it's some old clothing, but rather let us wear it like royal robes because we are children of the King of glory. Hallelujah, we know who this King of glory is. You are the Lord. Strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Speak to us, Lord. Anoint the lips of your servant that this word may go forth as you desire. We love you. We praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated one more time. Glory to God. I'm going to give you a very controversial title this morning to this message, but so be it. The controversial title is, Practice Does Make Perfect. Amen. Practice does make perfect. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to give you key verses one more time. Verse eight says, he who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. And look again at verse 20. Verse 20 says, for if our heart condemns us, God is greater God is greater than our hearts. If your heart condemns you, God says he is greater even than your heart. And he knows not some things, but he knows all things. He knows everything, every detail. He's so good and so gracious that he knows everything. So, so today, praise God, when we say practice does make perfect, we understand that we are aiming in the direction of perfection amen. amen we we don't we we're not we're not aiming in the direction of breakdown and decay but we're aiming towards something that is better than where we are today amen when when a target is steady we can see clearly amen the goal we can aim and we can shoot we can't do this with a moving target it's a real hard thing to do with the moving target But now Christ is working in the believer by doing a a perfect work on today. He's doing a perfect work in New Hope Assembly. You know why he's doing that perfect work? Because we've come with that mindset that he is the level of perfection that this world craves. And many in the world don't even know it, but we know it. Isn't it nice to be in the know? Amen. he's He's the greatest secret. In this whole world. If people would just tap into the reality that Christ is perfection, yeah, yeah. Right. hallelujah. Right. To practice sin means that we can shoot towards a target mindlessly and without any effort. Right. We can just close our eyes and shoot in the dark. You know, it's like at a baby shower when they put blinders on you and they make you drink from the baby. I do some of y'all mean. That. Yeah. <laughs> And they 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 put blinders on you and you just do whatever they say. My wife was guiding me. Fortunately, it wasn't the blind leading the blind, but praise God. Amen. She she can see clearly, I can just follow, so be it. But but to practice sin means that you gotta shoot towards a, a target mindlessly and without without any effort, because sin only requires us to operate in the fallen nature of Adam. Which is easy. The target is broad. To practice righteousness means to shoot towards a more narrow target. It means to shoot towards something that is more more, more precise. Righteousness requires focus away from distraction. How many of y'all like reading the Bible and the TV on at the same time? It's easy to get distracted because the the minute you start, what? What? Righteousness requires focus. Practicing righteousness means that I have to unpack and I have to unlearn the standards of a fallen world. You can't just listen to what everybody's saying. You know, you got to you, you, you got you to gotta nip some things in the bud real quick. You got to you got to make sure you're engaging with your children because they could hear a, a two second clip on social media and think, oh, that's the truth. No, 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 we got to bring it back to the standard. We got to shoot to the target. As the Holy Spirit-filled believers, we have to quiet the noise of the so-called role models and assess if what they are telling me measures up to the standards of the one who is perfect. Hallelujah. Oh, but pastor, perfection, uh, you know, that's impossible. But I beg to differ this morning. Praise God. I came traveling 16, miles, 16, 16 hours with my wife and, and, and children going back and forth saying, oh, there's a word stirring up, praise God, this morning just to stir up the body of Christ because, you know what, the preacher can't live, hallelujah, just, just not thinking about the word and the believers can't live without thinking about the word because there's no vacation outside of the word. You, you, you got to stay there. You got to stay right there. Hallelujah. No matter what, the word's going to come up while you're traveling in those 16 hours. Some, something's going to stir up because you see God in everything. Hallelujah. So this morning, I want to submit to you that, that perfection or the word perfect can be seen two ways, as an adjective or as a verb. When we say that Jesus is perfect, We're saying that all the righteous requirements of the law, of the Old Testament, have been fulfilled by him. He is the second person of the Godhead. He doesn't have to do anything else. The Bible says he is seated at the right hand of majesty. Seated, as you have heard me say in times past, means that your work is done. When you finish your shift, praise God, you you go home and you you take a seat. Hallelujah. Right now you are seated because, praise God, there is some labor that has been done. Now take a seat and just receive of the goodness of God. On the seventh day of the week, praise God, according to the Old Testament, there was a Sabbath, and that was the day that the people took a seat. Everybody needs a Sabbath. You need a day of rest, amen, where you can take a seat because your work is complete. So in the same way, in the body of Christ, hallelujah, we understand that Christ, the object of our, of, our, 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 of our adoration, the one who is perfect, has arrived to a certain place, and now after dying on the cross and rising from the dead, he was received in heaven, now he sits at the right hand of majesty on high, and he's not just sitting there like whatever. He ain't lounged up like us guys on the recliner. No, he is right there interceding today. He is, he is praying for you. He is praying for me. How did you make it this far? Because he is interceding for you. You feel like, woe is me. Nobody's praying for me. Nobody cares. The devil is a liar. There is a Christ, hallelujah, who is praying for you. So we said that per- a perfect can be seen as an adjective. Or as a verb, the adjective means means something that describes a person, place, or thing. So perfect as an adjective means as good as it can possibly be. That's where he is. There ain't no better than that. Hallelujah. But perfect as a verb means that meaning the act of something means the act of making something completely free of any defects. No defects. So perfection is what Jesus identified as overcoming power. In John 16, it says, these things I have spoken unto you that in me you might have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Hallelujah. If you think that 2020 was the twilight zone, he said, I overcame that. He praise God. He said, Cancer, I overcame it. Hallelujah. He says, diabetes, I overcame it. Hallelujah. He says, matrimony problems, I overcame it. Hallelujah. Whatever you are going through, that's why he said to Moses, he said, When you go and present yourself to Pharaoh, say, I am that I am has sent you. Why? Because he is everything that you could think of. Hallelujah. An answer for every single need said, I have overcome the world. That declaration right there means that with God, all things are possible. Jesus was saying in this verse that he had obtained the victory. He was saying when he overcame the world, he had obtained the victory. And now the word of God, it gives us tools and strategies to maintain that victory. I've been saying that for the past few weeks, but I got to keep drilling it. Hallelujah. It's it's a beautiful thing to be able to see that he has obtained the victory, but now we've got to maintain the victory. Hallelujah. Maintain that victory. How? By continually being imitators of our God. Look now, 1 John uh, uh, 3 and 8 says, it tells us the purpose of the manifestation of Jesus on the earth saying, he who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning, meaning practice sin, meaning meaning to, to keep yourself in that vicious cycle, doing it over and over and over. Why do people sin? Because they like it, because they are given to the flesh and they are unrepentant. But Jesus says in continuation in that verse, for this purpose, the Son of God, Was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Here it is speaking of the practice of sin. It speaks of the person who is unrepentant, the person who's shooting in the dark, saying, Whatever, whatever. You can't live whatever in the body of Christ. You can't live whatever uh, and wonder, you know, that thing might fall to the ground. No, no, no. You got to be targeted. You got to be targeted and and, and intentional. Such people, amen, they're unrepentant and they resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit. How many are grateful for the conviction of the Holy Spirit? Hallelujah, because he checks you. He checks you. He checks what you say. He checks what you do. While you're thinking it, you're like, oh, my God, Lord, have mercy on me because I know that's not right. Hallelujah. And he begins to check you because you're not you're not living according to the standards of the world. You're not living according to what they say is okay. Hallelujah. You're living according to what he says is okay. Hallelujah. This is why we need God to take out of us the heart of stone and give us a new heart of flesh. Praise God. When we allow him to have his way, he convicts us concerning what we should be doing versus what we should not be doing. And anytime we feel like giving up, we don't walk off the court and quit just because our team is going through a hard time. I deleted a certain little uh, name, a first and a last name. Off of this, but I'm gonna go ahead and say it. That thing that old LeBron did when his team was losing and he walked off—they still have five minutes left. You don't walk off the court while you while you're still in the game. So many people, hallelujah, have disqualified themselves. Don't get mad at me because I said his name. Y'all looking at me crazy? It's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's gonna be all right. But 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 you don't walk off the court while your team is still playing the game. I'm talking about the body of Christ. We don't just give up and say, oh, well, you are going to go through some things. He said, in this world, you will have, not you might, you will have trouble. You will have tribulation. But, but, but be of good cheer. Hallelujah. He said, I have overcome the world. If he overcame it, that means you can overcome you don't get up and quit just because you're losing, just because it seems like you're losing, because you're not losing anything. Hallelujah. The game has already been won. The fight is already rigged in your favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a fixed fight. Praise God. Come on. Hallelujah. Anytime we feel like giving up, we don't, ju- we don't just say, oh, whatever. The devil is alive. How do you think you're still here? Because he quickened you. Hallelujah, he convicted you and he said something, hallelujah, I am still doing in you and through you and it is not time to relent. Instead, we put on the full armor, hallelujah, we put on the full armor of God and remember what God has done in the past. You need to remember, you better go through the archives because some people remember some bad stuff from their past, but you need to start remembering some of the good things that God has done, hallelujah. You know, there's a lot of people that like to relive grievances, and if they get caught in a conversation with somebody, they'll start talking about, oh, I went through this, and I went through that, and I went through this. Where is your testimony? Where is your testimony of how God brought you through that? Stop. You're you're glorifying that thing more than you're glorifying your God. Oh, I've been through that. I've been through this. Stop complaining. Talk about the goodness of God in the land of the living. Hallelujah. Yeah, I fell. Yeah, I messed up, but but I'm not not there anymore. I'm learning something. Praise God. Let me give you all an illustration. Can can I have a referee? May I have a referee, please? A real-life referee? Could you help me, sir? I'm going to do like Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'll be back. Referee, please come up here. Yeah, Maggie, please come up here. Stand right over here. I'll be back in about 30 minutes. Stay right there. I got to turn off my microphone. All right, I don't know if y'all know this, but, you know, you talk about jack-of-all-trades. When, when I was a young boy, come down I remember going to a basketball game. And this was the referee. I said, what? <laughs> so he knows the game. All right? This is, this is going to represent our, 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 our mid court. Okay. OK? Could you please be so kind to, to give me a piece of that tape and just draw that line? We're good, right? Everybody doing OK? All right. I'll help you right here. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're doing great. Doing great. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. John Randall? Where's John Randall? OK. Well, I, I was just making sure we're not going to mess up any of this carpet work that he likes to keep intact. <laughs> hey, man. Chuck, we going to be all right? We're going to be all right. OK. All right, referee. She's your whistle. Okay. Maggie, can you show us how you whistle? <laughs> Come on, sis. Okay, she's good. She's good. She knows how to whistle. Okay, so she's your whistle. Okay. All right. You look at her when I when I'm in violation, okay? All right. All right. So some of y'all some of y'all know what I'm doing. Alright, I'm on offense and I'm going towards the goal. But if I catch this ball and I'm on this side of the court and I do this, you could do better than that. You know you can. She's just she don't she just don't want to show off. She could she could shout this whole this whole building could come down with that with She's not ready. There, there you go. She just took it up a little bit. All right. <laughs> all right. You got to talk to her. If I'm good, I saw James Harden do this a while ago. He was just walking down. Okay, he does it all the time. Okay. What's this called? Travel, Travel. Okay. 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 Thank you, sir. Very good, okay, all right. Okay, we're coming along. All right, so we're going to start over. So in the world, in the world, I was doing all of this. I was going back and forth. <laughs> OK, good. Wow, OK, we're going to get this. We're going to practice next time, OK? And then I was doing all of this in the world. But you're not looking at her. You? You're talking about <laughs> OK, what's another violation that exists? What's it? Give me another violation. Yeah, give me an example. Backcourt. Back court. I did backcourt. I I did traveling. What else? Double dribble. Double dribble. This is this is Shaq. Okay, keep going, right? Okay? So so, so I'm calling them out. <laughs> I'm going after all of them. <laughs> they all crooks. They all messed up in the game. They don't know how to play. <laughs> and then what's a the, what's the one when it when it doesn't touch the rim? What's it called? That's an air ball. OK, air ball. And then, and the, oh, oh, and Giannis, Giannis recently. I never knew that there was this rule. If y'all don't know, you know, you got to watch basketball. There's a game tonight if you didn't know. But, but Giannis, Giannis. One, oh, yes, there you go. What, what is that? What's the issue with that? What was he doing wrong? Free throw violation. Free throw violation. How many seconds do you have before you got to shoot the ball? Ten seconds. So if you don't shoot the ball within ten seconds, you're in violation. So there are so many violations in the game. And in the game of life, which is not a game in reality, there were so many violations. And the Bible says if you broke one, you broke them all. Hallelujah. Could you go ahead and give me that whistle one more time? That was the law calling you out, calling me out, saying you are violating the law. Hallelujah. And God today, he's saying all I want to do is I want to call you to the edge of the court. Hallelujah. She's good now. She got She got it. She got it. So, so God just wants to ultimately coach you. Amen. Ultimately say, you know what? You got all these violations. Let's go sit down. Remember, sit down. Yeah. <laughs> And learn from the king of glory and allow him to direct your life thank you Daniel thank you Maggie hallelujah all he wants to do is bring it to your attention not so that you would continue to violate the law violate the rule but so that you can learn something and grow hallelujah because the attitude that says oh no I'm enjoying these violations You ain't going to do nothing. You're not going to go forward. You're not going to grow. You're not going to mature. But if we humble ourselves and pay attention to the referee of heaven, hallelujah, and recognize, hallelujah, that there was a law written against our soul because we violated, we trespassed, hallelujah. He said, now allow me to teach you. Allow yourself to grow, hallelujah. Put on this armor and grow in the kingdom. Hallelujah. So let's talk about the evidence of whether or not we are of God. 1 John. Go back to 1 John if, you, if you're still there. Chapter 3. Look at starting in verse 16. This gives us a target. This gives us something to aim towards. Verse 16 says, by this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's good and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. So let me give you four quick points here. The first one that we see here in this text is that Jesus laid his life down for us. That's why we are here today. The second one is, point is that we lay our life down for each other. And not just that we would be willing to die for each other, listen to this, but that we would also be willing to live for each other. So many people will be so quick to say, Oh, I die for you. Would you live for me, though? Would you, would, you, would you live in covenant with your brother, with your sister? Would you live in relationship and fellowship in the bond of faith? Hallelujah. The third one is lo- lo- the third point is that love is action, not just words. And the fourth is, is that if words, if, if, if they're words, then we should be reminded how God Himself feels about words. Look at what it says in Psalm 138, verse 2. It says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you, you, God, you have magnified your word above your very name. I venture to say that there are people who are more interested in keeping their reputation and their name more than their word. If God is so interested, hallelujah, in honoring his word above his very name, then we also ought to be imitators of our God in that fashion as well. Because we're nothing without him. Hallelujah. So we might as well give it all up for his glory. And if we give it up for his glory, then he says, then my word is in you. And all you've got to do is honor your word above your name above your reputation, above what people say about you because it's not really about you. They may make fun of you because you go out there and tell someone Jesus loves you and it's starting to get a little, little, little concerning. Oh, how are they going to react? But if you ain't concerned, then good because it's not about your reputation. Hallelujah. But if you're in the flesh, you're going to be worried about what they're going to think, what they're going to say. Well, you know what? There is a conflict because... There is so much virtue oozing out of the believer, meaning the real believers today, that you can see them without even talking to them. And if you can see them without even talking to them and you can engage with them and have a conversation, something in your spirit is discerning and is able to say, I identify with you as my brother and my sister. I mean, these people could be total strangers, but you know that's your brother and and then they know you're, you're their brother or their sister. And you have this dialogue, this conversation, and all that you all are waiting on is to say, you a child of God? <laughs> yep, me too. And, they, and they y'all, you all will say, oh, I know this. Hallelujah. Because something already is stirring up in you. You know what that is? That's that same thing that was stirring up in Elizabeth's womb. It was the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, bringing confirmation. That's why you can also tell, hallelujah, those who are trying to subvert the real works of God as well. You can see when the devil comes in like a wolf dressed in sheep's clothing, there is a a difference. Hallelujah. There there is a significant difference. Hallelujah. And so you got to watch out for the schemes and the tricks and the games of the enemy. And no, you ain't got to go get in no fight with anybody. All you got to do is be discerning, discerning enough to be able to read, hallelujah, what God is writing on the wall. Amen. Hallelujah. So well, we got to honor our very word even above our name because he does it. So we do it. Hallelujah. Look again. First uh, John chapter three, verse 20 to 21. These verses are important for the man, woman, or youth that is walking in the truth. Listen to this. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts. This is the third time that I emphasize this. God is greater than our hearts and knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. So there are two classes of people under the sound of my voice. There are those whose hearts condemn them or have condemned them. Or maybe your heart has condemned you today because of something that happened yesterday. And maybe, maybe you are of the group here that, uh, whose heart does not condemn you and you have confidence toward God today. The commentators mentioned a portion of if our heart condemns us to mean that that we recognize that we don't measure up to the standard of love and feel insecure. There are, there are children of the Father who are in relationship with God who today, they feel insecure about where they are with God. That's what this... Scripture is talking about. They, 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 are, they are afraid, God, I don't quite measure up. And I feel a little bit insecure. They may not articulate it, but in their heart, there is an issue. The Bible says out of the heart flows the issues of life. Amen? So our conscience may, may not acknowledge the, the loving deeds that we have done in the power of the Holy Spirit. But God does and he is greater than our hearts. So even though your heart may condemn you, he says, I remember more than just the feeling, the temporal feeling that you have right now. I look at more than what you look at. I'm looking at the bigger picture. And if you've received my son, and if you are in fellowship with me, saith the Lord, hallelujah, and if your heart condemns you, God says, I don't condemn you, hallelujah. So I I, I I will applaud that all by myself. Amen. Unlike our conscience, God takes everything into account, including Christ's atoning work. Because had it not been for that, where would any of us be? God is more compassionate and he is more understanding toward us than we sometimes are towards ourselves. Hallelujah. He knows that dysfunctional issue you got going on in your life, that dysfunctional relationship with whosoever. Hallelujah. He says, I'm greater than that situation. I'm greater than that trouble. I'm greater than that trial. I'm able to fix it. I'm able to work it out. Just like the song said, fix it, Jesus. Yes, he is able. Maybe there is someone here in this message today who is not moving forward because you are a prisoner of self condemnation. God has forgiven you, but you haven't forgiven you. And because you don't forgive you, you make it everybody else's problem. Because I am, I am coming to a place in my life where I recognize that people don't really have a problem with me. They got a problem with themselves. So that means I need to not get offended, even if I'm real close to getting offended. Because they looked at me crazy when I said what I said. And I didn't tell them what they wanted to hear. I told them what they needed to hear and I told it to them because I love them and they made a decision to feel some type of way and they felt some type of way and they began to express themselves and then I concluded as, as I continue to look at them in their face and I read their countenance and that's why you gotta be careful don't be texting too much sometimes you need to hear people sometimes you need to see people don't be having no hard conversation Let me let, I want everybody to hear this, don't have a hard conversation over text. Don't do that. No, I ain't talking about you. Don't talk to me about this after we're done, talking about what's that for me. Because that tells me that your problem is with you, not with me. Praise God. I was sitting down keeping my mouth shut for three weeks. And that was good. I loved it. Hallelujah. But I came with the word to tell you that it's time to come out of self-condemnation. Hallelujah. Because your God loves you. Hallelujah. And if you come out of self-condemnation, then you will have a healthier perspective on your person, on who he created you to be. Because the Bible says, it doesn't say that the angels were made in the image of God. It says we were made in the image of God. Hallelujah. That's why the angels are so interested and looking upon, hallelujah, what God is doing in us. Because God and the angels know how fractured we are without the living God. Hallelujah. But when God redeems a soul he begins to do a work and a masterpiece because somebody decided to humble themselves and say I want everything that you have for me oh God so I am NOT condemned because he didn't say I was condemned so I don't need to condemn myself I don't need to look upon myself with shame because he doesn't look upon me with shame hallelujah he loves me hallelujah Praise God. We can be more effective as believers when we recognize that he loves us. That's why he calls us, hallelujah, to the court side and says, hold on, you are in violation. Hallelujah. And he says, you doing all that backcourt violation and shooting air balls and, and, and violating the clock. He says, come over here. Let me teach you something. Let me train you up. Let me cause you to grow and mature. Hallelujah. Nobody. You see, listen to me. Those of you all who have, have, have practiced this self-condemnation, nobody has needed to beat you up because you beat yourself up enough for, you, for everybody else. Maybe you've told yourself the lie that you are undeserving, that nobody cares about you, and that you might as well quit before the referee of heaven has blown the whistle. But this servant has come to pull that lie. Hallelujah out from amongst us, and I command you in the authority of Christ's name to come out of that in the mighty name of Jesus. John said if your heart has condemned you today, God is greater than your heart, hallelujah, whatever feeling, whatever that is, hallelujah, uproot it, take authority in the mighty name of Jesus, hallelujah. So let's do a quick assessment because I'm about to wrap up. But let's do a quick assessment. In your years, have you accepted his message? Hallelujah. Have you made a decision for Christ? In your years of faithful service, have you obeyed what he has told you to do? Hallelujah. When you sinned, did you get on your face before God and repent of that sin? Today, are you hungry and thirsty? for the will of God or your will? Today, do you, do you rather the praise of people or do you just want to put a smile on the face of the great I am? These are questions of reflection. You don't have to answer me because that, that, that's something for us to answer, each and every one of us, hallelujah. And that's what we got to do. We got to make, make an assessment Sometimes, Where am I? I say to the faithful that God is greater than your heart. I'm not, I'm, this message ain't for the hypocrites. This is for the faithful. Hallelujah. I'm talking about blatant hypocrites who just really don't care. I'm talking about people who are hungry and thirsty for the presence of God. I say that God is greater than your heart. He does not just consider the mistake you made last week. He does not consider that mistake to determine whether or not he loves you. If you need to repent, do it. Repent, get up, stop, no more. It's over, it's behind you. You have no control over the past. It's done. He said to the adulterous woman, go and sin no more. Don't go back to that. Don't go back to that fool. Don't practice foolishness. Get up. Hallelujah. In the mighty name of Jesus. Get up. Come on, Vic. I'm preaching better than you shouting. I could use her. She knows that. She receives me so well. Hallelujah. Church, God is looking at the whole picture, right, babe? God is looking at the whole picture, and he remembers the blood of his son Jesus. That's the first thing he sees. He knows whether you enjoy practicing sin or if your true joy is in serving him. He can see if you tear up when he demonstrates his mercy or if your heart gets hard when he tells you what you need to hear and not just what you want to hear. He knows if you just say amen to fit in with the church folk, hello. Or if you say amen even when you're at home and when nobody's there but you and the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. He knows if we have character and integrity, he knows who the real hypocrites are and who the real deal man and woman of God are who love him. You don't have to just be the person behind the pulpit. This is for all of us. In these last days, he is letting the wheat and the tare grow up together. Hallelujah. And he says, don't be tear." He says, be the wheat. Hallelujah. Be something of use in his hands. Hallelujah. So if you are working the works of your father, walking in the faith, come out of self-condemnation today, right now. Don't walk in that. Don't walk in that. Quit lying to yourself. Quit living in low the bar. It's time to live above the bar. Hallelujah. Trust God more than you trust yourself. Ooh, how we trust ourselves. I got this. I'll do it. May I'm not talking about you? (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. But if you ever got a flat tire, I had one. If you ever have a flat tire, I know the person who can help you. God uses her mightily. <laughs> to God be the glory. Amen. Hallelujah. But we got to trust him more than we trust ourselves. There's some things that I look forward to and I say, okay, how am I going to do it? And the minute I start doing that, uh-huh. oh, praying wife, she's like, he's got this, he's working it together for good. Hallelujah. Trust God more than you trust yourself. He is more compassionate and understanding than you are, than I am. Hallelujah. When we do that, it will create a healthier outlook and make us more effective in the kingdom. You got to remember the kingdom. As a result, the compassion that is from above will also touch others, and we will learn to be more gracious towards others. Because maybe... They need more work and time to get to where you are in your faith. I remember days of self-condemnation, and there's no, nothing, nothing good about self-condemnation because what self-condemnation does, it, it makes me wrap myself into a cocoon, and I am totally ineffective. But when I come out of self-condemnation, Hallelujah. It's like all that stuff is tearing apart, and, he, and the Spirit of God gives us the power. Hallelujah. Just like the butterfly to come out of that. Praise God and be effective. And we know the butterfly is a beautiful creature. Amen. And there's so much beauty on the inside if we would just allow that to come out of us. Hallelujah. It's going to take some work, it's going to take some effort. Hallelujah. But the winds at our back, as they say, and we can go forward, we can flow, we can go, we can grow. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. My brother, if you would. Hallelujah. In conclusion then, the journey that we are on is a journey towards perfection. Practice does make perfect. Amen. Because the Bible tells us that when we see him, we we shall be as he is. Hallelujah. We are being perfected. Without grace, we would not make it. Praise God. If God has given you so much grace, give yourself a little bit. If God has given you this much, just give yourself a little bit. I'm not telling you, praise God, to just keep doing whatever you've been doing. I'm saying come out of that and give yourself a little bit in time to shoot up and sprout up. Hallelujah. The sufficiency of the grace of God makes the perfecting process possible because his patience, it is at work. He knows that we are but flesh, but he says we can still grow. He is our standard. He is the arbiter. He is the referee of heaven. He's the one who sent his son, and his son was manifested to destroy the lies, to destroy the works of that devil, hallelujah, who violated the contract. Today, God is working in us, through us, saying you are free. Yes, you are. And he who the sun sets free? Free indeed. Free indeed. We, we had no established order or guideline. That's why we were doing all these violations. Traveling and shooting all these air balls and holding on to the ball too long and doing all of these things, falling, and the referee kept saying, hold on, you're wrong. One more time, one more time, one more time. Go ahead, man. Right? She'll make you jump if you're too close. You're like, that's an anointed whistle. <laughs> But he was calling our attention, saying we are, we are, we were wrong. Amen. We were out of his will. And he said, he said, come, come, come sit down next to me. All I want to do is sit at the master's feet. And if I sit at the master's feet, I, I I and I and I and I shut out the noise, just allow him to speak to me. Then there will be some growth. Amen. There is a default process where we, we can't help but grow. Hallelujah. We can't help but grow. Hallelujah. So we had no established order or guidelines when we were in the world, but now in Christ, 1 Peter 1, 1.3 says, we have all things that pertain to life and godliness. We have everything we need. You have everything that you need. We had no instruction manual when we were in violation. We didn't know how to participate. We didn't know how to engage. But now we do. When we when we when we first come into the church, we don't know how certain churches operate. So we got to come in, sit down, praise God, give attention to the order of things, because we don't want to be out of order. When we go into a business establishment, amen, we 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 go in there. If we if it's our first time going in, we go in and observe and give attention. How do they operate? What what steps do they take? Amen? Is there somebody who ushers me to the back office in the sanctuary? How how do they operate? We come in, we sit down, we behave ourselves accordingly because at least we know that we don't know. (laughs) And if we don't know, then we need to sit down and pay attention because we want to know how the flow goes. We don't want to just jump in front of of the train and say, move, I got this. You just got here. Sit down. (laughs) Hallelujah. So we had no instruction manual, but now we have one. Hallelujah. How many of y'all ever purchased a vehicle? And you sat down and you had, you you, you sat down and and, and they gave you an instruction manual. How many of y'all read the whole book? (laughs) <laughs> oh, you don't know what that light's for? You know why? Because you ain't read the book. When you read the book, you'll know why that light came on. Uh-oh, what's this mean? Ah <laughs> yeah So we were on I-4, and we had a flat tire just blew up something hit the tire brand new tire about a month old and I'm like man why is that tire I said this car is it felt like we were on a sinking ship it started going down and I'm going 70 and I'm like why is why do I feel like I am dropping and I got the crew with me got my wife and she's like oh we're good I'm like we ain't good something ain't right I said I said oh "Oh, hold up something ain't right I said, something's wrong when we were going down and we were going down. And I said, we got a problem. But I thank God for something. Sometimes you got to go back and you got to read the instruction manuals and everything. In this vehicle, we had a a situation that was different from the other vehicles in times past. They put the the tire under the van, under the minivan. So you got to have a special key. Uh, It's a tiny key you got to be ready to use the key along with the, help me, what's that called? With the, with the, with, with, well, it's a jack, but yeah, it's an elk. It's one of those. So, so I know what I was looking for. I know what it looked like. And as long as I knew what it looked like, but you know it would have been so much easier if I had read the book. But thanks be to God that I went into a Sunday service where i ran into a situation i felt like there was a preacher who began to speak to my spirit you see because that's how we are we're like we like we go all week without reading the book and at least I, there was one little time that somebody said something or did something or a youtube video and i was able to get it going so here i am sweating bullets and i have i have i have one of my one of my soldiers facing, watching the traffic carefully, making sure everybody's safe. I got the other crew right behind me, and I'm working and working. When I was sweating, it was hotter than what, Andre? It was hotter than (laughs) Satan's toenail. (laughs) But I said, we got to get it. We got to get it, mate. We had to get it. (laughs) We got it cranked up. Everything was good, secure. But had I not realized that that was in a position that was different. Had I not had a previous experience, fortunately, we live a lot off of our experiences when if we just get the knowledge of the book. Amen. Of what the righteous requirements of the law are, according to the spiritual things of God. Then there will be some drama, some unnecessary drama that we wouldn't have to go through. Hallelujah. Because he gives us the answer because he already obtained the victory. So then all we got to do is maintain it. Hallelujah. And if we maintain it, we just walk in the joy of it. And if a little situation arises, hallelujah, that's not going to be too much drama, not, not too much of a situation. But you know how it is when you're always putting out fires. You're always in a rush. You're always anxious. You're, 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 you, you, you have no time to, to grow gradually. Amen. But if you live, praise God, with that discipline to say, okay, I got to get up. I got to feed myself with this thing. Hallelujah. But getting out of bed rushing. Who made that bed this morning? Raise your hand. Look at you. Ooh, the minority of the people in the house. You see there? Praise God. There's something about that bed. Make that bed, Jesus. Y'all talking about, oh, we're going to pray that the Lord make it. No, you make it. Because he's giving you the strength. Hallelujah. Amen. But there's some times that we're in a rush. Hallelujah. And we just got to be able to slow down and say, Lord, help me to do this thing gradually. Because there's no need for constant anxiety and and trying to hurry and and do this. No, 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 no. Plan out things. Hallelujah. Let God be the center of it. And he'll give us that structure, that order. So that when situations do arise, they will just be a small thing and not an emergency. How many receive that? Hallelujah. Amen.